0: Hello, Lockdown Guardians fans, and welcome to the show. I want to first thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available, wherever you get podcasts, platforms, apps, streaming, you'll find us there. No show on Friday. So if this all works out well, we're going to have one pop today on Sunday as I'm recording one on Monday to make up for that. I apologize. I lost power <laughs> again. I know you uh, had to get a hotel room and... Trying to record in a hotel room with bad quality equipment just didn't seem like what people would want. It's not like there was any, if there was breaking news, yes, we'll make do, uh, just because I know analysis is more important than sound. In an ideal world, we have both, but I wanted to get that out of the way. So this Sunday is kind of a make good for the Friday, I want to apologize again, but uh, blame we energies, Is <laughs> I'm up to like 60, 70 hours without power in the past five months we have had, and that has cost multiple shows over the run. Uh, I also wanted to get one in. You're like, well, you could just skip. Well, I do want to take some time at the holidays. Let's be honest. I think I've earned a break and it's not, again, like we have plenty to talk about. I've got like 30 tabs open. We have many, many things to talk about and we'll get back to those. I mean, I've got a whole nother mailbag to get to drafts, things like that. We're having fun. We have plenty to talk about, but I don't think anyone's going to begrudge me a little break around the holidays. What are we going to talk about over the course of uh, Sunday and Monday show? Well, not fan graphs, uh, I'm using fan graphs for a lot of the data here. Uh, The Athletic had a series looking at every team's rule five selection. I'm not going to give you everyone in that. You know how I feel. I was someone who made a good chunk of their money as a writer off of subscriptions. I think a subscription to a service is worth it. I pay for The Athletic for a reason. I think they do a lot of great things. I would highly recommend them. If you can pay for one service, I would say they're the sports one to go with. Uh, at the other side of things, uh, you know, we have all that great info. I'm not, cause I am not so i will not give it away. But when I talk about specific players, talk about big names that they talk about on those list of the best rule five players available, uh, that is part of the show. There was some talk, uh, that Michael Conforto had some deep talks with the Marlins. So we're going to discuss Marlins, Indians trade. The Marlins are a really, really, really interesting team for a lot of reasons. And they kind of match up with the Indians in terms of what the Indians potentially could need, but they also don't. Uh, But we're going to get into all of that over the next few shows. We have just data, 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 and information lined up. I have tabs for days. Uh, i got to make sure I go to the right ones. But let's just start. Uh, They split it up into American League and National League. So as we're going down the American League, uh, the first name on the whole list is Joey Murray. Now, if you know me, you know I've been intrigued by Murray since his Kent State days where I saw him pitch in person. Uh, Can he be successful as this... Smaller pitcher who does not have elite stuff. I don't have like his spin data. I wish you know we don't always have great spin data and the like on minor leagues guys. He only threw uh, one game this year for two thirds of an inning. Before that though, I mean he had steadily moved through the minors with strikeout rates always over ten. His lowest was ten point seven two K per nine with walk rates the high being three point seven one, uh, and that was in Double A by the way in forty three innings. Both of those those were his worst numbers. Those were in Double A he, his FIPS, his ex-FIPS, all of his data is really good It just, he, you know, he's kind of like, um, Kaye Tom and Kaye Tom, it didn't work out. We all thought, Hey, you know, this is going to be a, a big test case. And Kaye Tom was really not successful. Joey Murray, in a lot of ways is a big test case here due to injury. We didn't get to see him. He might've made the majors this year, uh, just because of how close he was. I mean, he had pitched in double A before the pandemic season, if he had been healthy, uh, you know, he would have made a lot of sense. It was an elbow injury that kind of made him to lose a season. So that's two lost seasons. But again, before that, he was all the way up to double A. Uh, and in normal past few years, Joey Murray is in the majors by now. He's on the 40 man because they've given him an opportunity. Uh, that is not the case. If I was a a bad team, absolutely. He's a lefty. He's an undersized lefty. Uh, I would totally feel comfortable him working out of the pen. I would totally feel comfortable even throwing him some starts. He's polished. You know, it's nothing there is what you expect. But if it works out, it's great. You know, I think I saw now it's $100,000 to try. But again, in the world of major league baseball, that's a very cheap acquisition if you can get a major leaguer for $100,000 in five years, six years of team control. I'm sorry. So Murray stands out. And you might be saying, the Indians can't even add anyone. So why are we doing this? Well, that's not necessarily true. Let's say, uh, the date for this thing gets set up and the Indians all of a sudden do a trade. Let's say they go out and get Ian Happ and trade away like Jose Tenya and, um, I'm trying to think someone else on the roster, uh, you know, another low, minor, you know, Sam Henches. let's say they trade a two for one because the Cubs have the space for such a deal. All of a sudden they have an open roster spot you know, an open 40 man spot, they could draft someone. So any of this is still conceivable because we don't even know when it's going to happen. It's going to be a while off. It's not like, hey, it's back. And the next day is the rule five. It's probably going to be like, hey, baseball is back. And then like three weeks later is the rule five. I don't think it's going to be high on the agenda of things they're rushing to get back in. So that's part of the reason we want to discuss all of this on the show today. Going through the American League. uh, It's a lot of pitchers because often that is who gets taken For the Indians, if you're curious, it is Joey Cantillo, of course. He is the most likely candidate. Uh, There are some other names that stood out. uh, In terms of big names, like Cole Raggins was a first-round pick of the Rangers a long time ago. (laughs) So if the Rangers aren't protecting him, I mean, they had space to protect. There's a reason. I liked Cade McClure, who they list for the White Sox back to his Louisville days. And he is a very Indians type of pitcher. Uh, What I mean by that is his career walk per nine in the minors is 333 His, I'm sorry, that's his steamer. I forget that they don't do like the the composite throughout his minor league career. It is mostly like two six three in AA this year, three point six five in AAA. Uh, His strikeouts in the minors have been kind of a little bit all over the place, between eight and ten in terms of was ten in AA. But what makes him an Indians arm is he's a big guy, uh, big arm slot. Due to that, he's like six foot seven. I want to say and. They do well getting a little bit more out of guys who have good control. You know, could he maybe get a little bit more for a team like the Indians? Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of the guy they go for. They target in such situations. Uh, going through the rest list, Brian Howard is another guy, six foot nine. Uh, he's got like an ephesius pitch. Uh, the performance has not been good in the minors though, and that's part of the reason I was like, eh, I, I don't necessarily see Brian Howard. He he's interesting. I think to the right team. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. Outside of the 2019 four innings in uh, AAA, his control numbers have been pretty solid. He just hasn't missed a lot of bats. Now he's a big guy. The FIPs haven't, wasn't particularly great this past year in AAA. Wasn't a great year in AAA, honestly. That's why uh, the Athletics, a team in a full rebuild, didn't choose to protect this uh, this guy. He's a you know former eighth round pick, but he could be interesting because it is again, it, he's big but doesn't throw hard. It's something you don't see a lot of, and the performance this past year wasn't great, but hey, depth arm, swing guy, I mean, a lot. he probably gets selected, let's be honest. Those are the type of players that we often see taken are those players who can jump right into the majors. And in terms of the American League, that was really it. That was the interesting guys for me. The National League is a much more interesting list. We're going to take our first break, come back, and hear about the interesting players, including one that I think... Uh, one player isn't actually the listed player on the team page. And then another player I think is the most interesting player for a team like the Indians to consider. And our first sponsor is our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. I have not gone the past two days, so I haven't seen what's going on. Every day is a new deal. Every day is something fun and different. Factory second sale, a free gift with every purchase of fourteen ninety five or more. They have brought back the lemon dip cheesecake. They have brought back the ruby chocolate they still have gingerbread on sale so you can do a sale same with paranormal pumpkin eggnog caramel macchiato caramel almond delight coconut brownie chunk the winner of the sweet 64 they have a coconut lover's box uh gingerbread and paranormal pumpkin the nice thing with both those though is the sale you can still use our promo code locked on 15 and that will count additionally on top of their sale so you can save even more i love built bar i eat it every day it is a constant arrival and and like I said, they're doing like a 12 days of Christmas sale and the $14.95, I'm not sure what the free gift is, but you're also going to get a free gift. I'm betting it's probably a cooler. Maybe that's what I got last time I got a free gift. Can't guarantee that, but it is what I can guarantee is it's delicious. It's healthy. And we use that promo code locked on 15. You're going to save yourself some money. So go to builtbar.com today using the promo code locked 15 to save that 15%. National League list is way more interesting, in my opinion, than the American League list. A lot of kind of big names get mentioned, and I think part of it is just big names thrown out that are kind of silly in the National League list, but you're like, wow. So, going down with the Marlins, Bryson Brigman is who they mention, but they talk about Griffin conine And Brigman, it probably does get taken. I think the Marlins have so much, you know, they just made the Joy Wendell trade. They still have Brian Anderson who's hurt. They got to figure out there. Like I said, we're going to talk about the Marlins on the Monday show, but there is a lot there to discuss. Uh, And Brigman is exactly the utility type of the offense. Griffin Conine, though, is the guy I want to talk about. Son of Jeff Conine. A guy who had, I call it the Dirk, nope, the Duke curse, which for a long time there, the top-rated player in the fall for Duke, has a bad draft season. Uh, Michael Machuela, who was potentially a 1-1 guy at one point in time. Some some smaller-name players as well through the years. Um, God, I'm trying to think of a... Uh, starter turned reliever who had a really good start and then kind of came undone. But uh, Conine was the last one with that. And he was always interesting because he had great power numbers in college. He walked at a high rate and he was young for his draft class. You know, He's 24 years of age, having been drafted in 2018. And I just want to talk about this. Okay, so let's get out of the way. I would not recommend selecting him. I would not. He's interesting, but you can't take a guy who in 173 plate appearances in double A struck out 47% of the time. And while he was in high A before that in 28, 288 plate appearances struck out 36% of the time. There is a ton of swing and miss. At the same time, in 108 games across two levels, he smacked 36 home runs. Uh, his ISOs are unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of him. I don't, can he be, can he tune it down just a little and still be effective? You know, uh, at least in high A, he walked 16% of the time and he always had good walk rates in college. So double A, the walk rate plummeted. I mean, his production was, his runs created plus was 86 because he hit 176 with the 243 on base. The slugging was still solid, but he just, can he make enough contact? He's fascinating. I would not take him, but you have to mention a guy who had 36 home runs in 108 games. That's a pretty good rate across multiple levels. So that's the first team that jumped out at me. As you're going down the list, I saw the Nationals with Tim Kate. Now, if you go way back, which you probably can't even find my old draft content because, you know, Scout and 24-7 kind of scoured all of that. But Tim Kate was a guy I thought was such an Indians type of pitcher because back when he was drafted, also part of that 2018 draft class, extremely young for the class. He would turn, uh, he wasn't going to turn 21 until September, I believe. Yes, September. In that draft class, he had the off-speed stuff. He could really spin those secondaries. The curveball was one of the top in his class. He's a cold weather arm. All coming together now. Now he, I always lumped together with Steve uh, Stephen Gingery because they were both, uh, Gingery was the righty. No, I'm sorry. They're both lefties. Gingery, if, uh, Gingery had the change and the curveball was what Kate had. They both had like arguably the top secondary pitch in the class, just different ones. Lefties both had September birthdays. They were going to both turn 21 well after the draft. Gingery, I want to say, was Texas Tech. Uh, I The Cardinals got him in the fourth round, and then I had to go dig him up because I was like, what, I, didn't he retire weirdly? Yes. So both of them were also hurt when drafted too. Gingery was, uh, you know, that's weird. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was looking at his dad. It's like, in 2016, assigned to the Texas Tech Ra- uh, Red Raiders. I'm like, well, it's not so much assigned. He, he signed with Texas Tech. Uh, but he gets signed by the Cardinals in 2018 as a fourth rounder. Both Kate and Gingri are hurt. So Gingray doesn't make his debut until 2019. He pitches in one game, two-thirds of an inning. 2020, there is no season. He retires before the 2021 season. So that's it. That's his entire career. He just packed it in. Kate, on the other hand, uh, this past year in A and 96 innings, struck out 7.54 per nine with a 3.44 walk. His strikeout rates across the minors... Haven't been ideal, haven't been great. Uh, he does not walk a ton of guys. His FIPS were pretty solid until this year in AA. Now, AA is a separator. I don't know if he's necessarily someone a team like the Indians would look at, but he's a lefty. There's always a chance to stash those types. There's With his curveball, he could get out righties. He, I always thought maybe he might end up being better served in the pen, so I'll be kind of curious to see how that goes. But that was an a gold. Oh, that's a player I talked about in connection with the now Guardians many times. Cardinals guy is Delvin Perez, who also talked about in connection with the Guardians. Uh, He had a plummet on draft day due to, um, I want to say it was like ADD medication, uh, essentially came out. He can still pick it. I mean, he's always been a top end defender, but uh, he's got no power at all to speak of. There's no, you know, he's fast, he can play defense, but a team, it makes sense to draft him as a backup utility type. Uh, Continuing to go through Pirates, old friend alert, Tajne Thomas is who they talk about. We talked about him a while back on the show. I was trying to think of the other players. Uh, Dodgers, Jaron Kendall, one of those former first round picks. Uh, He is, I wouldn't, no thank you. He's been really bad in the minors. Uh, Rockies, Jamison Hanna, another first round pick outfielder. I think this is his third organization. Lots of speed, but hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't really produced in the minors. Uh, and the Padres have uh, another outfielder, Astui Ruiz, who has a lot of power potential. Uh, it stole some bases, good speed. Like, you know, it's a speed power profile. The power hasn't come as many thought it would. Uh, he'd be an interesting guy. You know, he's played some infield, some outfield. It's just a bench bat for some team. But the player that stood out, the one I've been kind of bearing the lead on here, is the Giants list. And that's Diego Rincones. Now, if you're not familiar with him, I mean, the Giants have a pretty good, pretty deep system. They have to bounce a lot of things. Rincones was, uh, he's five eligible, but I was trying to dig out when he was signed. There's a ton of information on his fan graphs for him. But through his minor league career, uh, you can go through, I mean, he had a high of 442 plate appearances in, well, that was just at the, eight, I mean, he ended up with over 500 plate appearances that year. In 2019, 2021, he had over 300, and that was between high A and double A, and his runs created plus across both levels were 141 and 140. He hit for average 290 and 300, but he walked at a decent rate, 9.3 and 7.5. So his on-base was 385 and 375. But he also combined to hit 15 home runs across both those levels, so his slugging percentages are 533 and 505. So you're looking at a player who performed extremely well at double A, has performed well at high A, And due to that production, you know, you you see a player, if you're going to take a gamble, if you want to have a backup outfielder who could maybe help your team, uh, the best chance, in my opinion, is always looking at production. And Rincones has produced. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. In high A and double A, he played very well. Uh, So he is the one who is most interesting to me. You know, he doesn't have, he's kind of... uh, Kaye Tom like where you know he doesn't have huge skills. He doesn't have um, numbers that, or he doesn't have the the physical skills that are going to make going to make anyone excited. You know, he's not a physical tool monster. He's not you know s two uh, very Ruiz, who I talked about the Padres, is more that physical skill monster type. All Ron has done has been productive and not you know his strikeout rate is under eighteen percent this past year. Uh, he's one of those guys who could end up hitting like 20 home runs and being like a three win 3.5 win player. Maybe I'm being aggressive, but we don't know. Like he's an interesting one. If you're a bad team, I would absolutely gamble on him. Uh, the production is there. And how many times have I talked about, like, if you're going to get lucky, if you're going to get the best return on investment, it is that player who has never been a top 10 prospect. It is that player who has never been a big name, who does not have physical tools who performs and consistently performs. And eventually you find a guy who is better uh, than what the expectation is. With Gaia Tom, it didn't happen. I was wrong, you know, but there are so many success stories of similar types that if you're a bad team, why wouldn't you gabble on Diego Rincones, who has been highly productive in high A and double A this past year, might just have average tools across the board. But again, as we've talked about, Outfield position is not as deep as everyone thinks. There's a reason why that and starting pitching were the things that went quickly in free agency, because those are hard things to find. Two, uh, the overall needs of the Indians make a situation where we i spend a lot of time looking at outfield to realize that. And then just kind of the third point with all of this is, you know, the cost to add in free agency and the ability to find or even team depth wise the Marlins will have some, which is interesting that, you know, they're always talked about for the need for outfielders. We'll get into that again, more on the show tomorrow, but it's not cheap to add outfielders right now. And there's not a lot of teams that have the depth to trade away from that position. Uh, so, you know, that is why someone like Diego Rancones in particular, he's not the big name. He's not like talked about as much as some of the other guys, but he is absolutely the player I would consider if I was running a team, Like I said, first pick, I would take Toshinay Thomas. That's the ceiling grab. Like, I I have to roll the dice on him if I was, you know, the first overall pick in this draft. But Rincones would be among my top five. He'd probably be among my top three, honestly, just having gone through these lists and looked at the data. He might be my number two. I'd really have to sit down and check it out some more, read some more scouting reports and look at everything. Uh, You know, Cantillo would also be in my top five, if I'm being honest. But there are profiles that stand out. And in terms of hitters, he's really stood out for me in this year's draft class. We're going to take that next break. Come back in segment three. We have some sad news to talk about. Uh, an Indians prospect passed away. If you missed that news, uh, we're going to get into that in segment three. More of our good friends. This time it's Bet Online. They have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome depo- welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. I mean, we're almost out of time. You can't afford to wait. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So when my power was out, I got the uh, the information that on December 16th. Andres Melendez had passed away uh, in Miami, Florida. Melendez was from Barquesto, Venezuela. He was 20 years of age. Uh, He would have been 21 in May. Uh, Just tragic when it is someone that young. There's no other way around it. It is absolutely tragic. Nothing was listed for um, what happened. Uh, He was, you know, the statement said, Melendez is remembered by his teammates and friends as a positive, respectful, and thoughtful young man with a beautiful smile who had a profound impact on others. He'll be greatly missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family, loved ones, and teammates who knew him. Uh, He came over to the Indians in November of 2019 uh, in the trade for Mark Matthias. Didn't get to play in 2020 due to, you know, COVID. And then this past year, yeah, you know, he got a lion's share if they have bats in Lynchburg. 73 games, 289 plate appearances. That's more than a backup catcher would get. During that time, he did 798 OPS, uh, 431 slugging, uh, 367 on base percentage, and a 247 batting average. If you go over and look at Van Grafs, his runs created plus for the league was a 119, a 15% walk rate, 27% strikeout rate. He had eight home runs. I mean, he was putting himself in a place to be talked about, right? He was putting himself in a situation where he was turning into an interesting catcher. Now, I'm not to say he was going to help the Indians anytime in the near future. I should say the Guardians. Again, I apologize. That is going to be something where I am going to be going back and forth for a long time. But Melendez had hit well enough to at least make him someone you are going to expect to be the starting catcher next year in high A. And if we go back to uh, when he was actually traded over at Fangraphs, uh, most scouts like Melendez and a few of them texted me last night cursing Cleveland for poaching him. I added Melendez to the Brewers page on the board over the summer with this report. Melendez is a very twitchy athletic catcher with great mobility behind the plate. He also has an advanced feel for contact and a relatively mature strength lets him hit for gap power presently. He's not very projectable, so it's unlikely much more power will be part of his profile peak, but at least has backup skill set right now and may be competent enough as an offensive player to be a regular if he hits for enough contact, which appears to be in play. Uh, Melendez hits the ball hard consistently, especially for his age. A source told me that he had slightly above average percentage of his balls in play were hit above 95 miles an hour, standard exit velocity for hard hit rate. source indicates that visual raw power grade is about 45-50, which is fine for a catcher. So he was a a solid return for the Indians at the time, and then all he did was again he didn't get to play after being acquired in twenty twenty but think about that was the scouting report when they got him. He goes down uh does it go down i mean he appears in a ball before this he'd only played in rookie ball, gets this full season shot in a ball, plays above league level, walks at a high rate, athletic guy everything was pointing up it's it's sad. Uh, I mean, it's just sad. It's a 20-year-old kid dying. That is sad no matter what. Uh, it, not to say it's like it's sad for the Indians. It's, I don't even care about that. It's just sad. What I feel bad for is he's a player that he had to be feeling good. Like he had to be feeling like, okay, I've shown. I got this opportunity in A-ball. I'm 20 years old. I'm younger than the league level, and I outperformed. You can go look again at his Fangraphs page and say that this is a kid who is a twitchy athletic catcher walking at a very high percentage with the bat pip that's high, which again shows positive hit rate, who's playing above the league offensive uh, production. Like he was making himself an interesting name. He was going to be one of those guys that, uh, let's see, he was signed in 2018. So 18, 19, 20, 21. At the end of next year, if he'd performed well at high A, he would have probably spent some time in double A. He would have been someone that we might be discussing for the rule five next year because catchers are hard to find. Athletic catchers more so. Uh, So it's just, it's very sad for his family, for his friends, for the world. Like all the reports are positive. He is a 20 year old kid who died. That is tragic. Uh, I also, you know, to get so close to your dream and to make those positive steps forward, I always feel bad for those for, I mean, I feel bad for so many levels on this and you can hear like me struggling to like quantify it correctly, but he was a very interesting prospect who never really got the attention he deserved um, due to circumstances of the world, you know, if he had, if we had a 2020 season, this is a kid who, you know, might have gotten up to high A this year, might have been more on the move. I mean, so many of these young guys are log jammed a little bit because of what happened. Uh, but Melendez was an ascending prospect, and it's, um, you know, when we know more, we'll discuss cause of death. But it is just a 20 year old, a 20 year old kid died, and that is incredibly tragic. Uh, I wish nothing. I mean, what can you wish for people in that situation? I lost for words, uh, honestly, but uh, I just hope for some peace for his family. I feel like anyone who's had uh, gone through grief and had a loss, uh, it's the moments of peace where you can kind of just not think about it for a bit. I know it all then comes crashing down the moment you do and it's very short, but the moments of peace are what make it tolerable. So I, um, I, yeah, to those who loved him, I, I can't even imagine. It's just a terrible loss. It's a terrible situation. Um, I, words do not come when is a 20 year old passing away. I just, for me, I can't, it's like my niece's age. I can't, I can't picture it. I can't imagine it. I am at a loss. After that moment of silence there, let's finish the show today. Um, awkward. I know. I'm sorry. There's no real great way to talk about death. Uh, I want to thank you all for rating and reviewing that really helps the show grow I want to thank everyone who's left reviews recently. I do read those on the show. So if you want to get your user iTunes username read, or if you embed your Twitter in your review, you'll get them both read on the show. I've been Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you for making lockdown needs your first listen today and every day free and available wherever you get podcasts. Go check out locked on calves. Uh, I know they're on a COVID shutdown. The Browns are in a COVID shutdown, but uh, the Cavs are just absolutely unbelievable. Every story is worth reading right now uh, for that team. And as we say now, Go, go, Guardians, go.